0: the Levels Network. I am Justin Hoddle, joined by the Triple OG Wittemoo Mason and Wittemoo. Mm. This is the last episode of the year, brother. Yeah, we good. did it. It was, uh, I'd firstly just want to thank, uh, obviously Tab and, yeah. and Body Science that have been with us, uh, from the very first episode. Um, you know, we wouldn't have been able to do it without them, and uh, we're excited to be rolling with them again next year. But, um, one of those partners, the Tab. They looked after us on the weekend. Yeah, it was great. We went down. Uh, we did derby day. You stayed a little bit longer. Okay. Um, it was a rough day for the punters. We know that. And for our kiddies. Uh, yeah. We didn't go No that one well. won. No one won. I, I don't know anyone that won. Not um, big. There was a – obviously the the big race um, without a fight gets the job mm-hmm. done after getting the job done in the Caulfield Cup. But uh, still a great weekend rather. And yeah. uh, you stayed a little bit longer and
1: hey, – Yeah, I was there till, yes, uh, what, So yes. What? I got home yesterday, so yep. – Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. How was the Melbourne Cup? Good. It was good, yeah. Yeah. I was with uh, Maddie Hill. His joint IPE. Okay. So it was on the inside rail. It wasn't in the birdcage. We were on Melbourne Cup on the finishing post on the inside. Oh, I've never yeah. raced it. I've never, I've never watched it there. So we went out looking at the stadium. I think all I the know stadiums. It was
0: mad. I think I know what you're talking about. I did
1: it for Derby Day right? One. Yeah, it's, Derby it's Day unreal. One. Year, but on the outside of like one of the main tents. Yeah, it's mad. It was good. Like, we saw the horses race past. It was crazy.
0: Yep. All right. We'll just say again, want to thank uh, Tab for the weekend. Um, you know, all the teams, specifically, uh, you know, Belzer, who's, who's been doing work with us all year, but Hayley, um, she she basically runs Sky and, yep. and the Tab. And uh, we didn't want for anything while we we're down there. Um, we got some pretty cool content. Close to riding a few winners, but not to be. Um, because this is the last episode, we just want to remind everyone, levelsnetwork.com.au, that's where you can find our collection for this year. It's the caps that we brought out. Um, but we want to let everyone know in a couple of weeks we'll be having a Black Friday deal. There'll be free postage. So what we want you to do is keep an eye out on Instagram and levelsnetwork.com.au. So maybe you can bundle up the hats, um, buy a couple of hats for the fam coming up for Christmas, Mace. Yeah. Um, and remember... We'll chuck a few of the hoodies that are left in some of the sizes that we've got left. So go and jump on levelsnetwork.com.au and keep an eye on Instagram around Black Friday. Just for everyone that's been going with us all year, we're looking for 20K. We got to 19.7, mace on YouTube. Still a great year. Yeah, it's huge. Um, Really thankful for everyone that's, uh, um, you know, either followed us on Instagram, subscribed. uh, Apple, Spotify, um, you know, left a review. It all it's all progressed and and got us to the point where we are now and um I like I've really enjoyed how many weeks the year. have we done Was it thirty Was it thirty eight so We got first week of the final So yeah, it'd be forty. It'd, it'd be a little forty bit, weeks. Yeah, it feels like a little bit longer than that. And by the way, we'll be back in January as well. When we get back, it probably the first or second week of January. Um, we'll have a bit of a break now until then, and we'll uh, we'll do a proper review of all the teams, previewing the seasons, yeah. breaking it all down, rolling into trials. Roll into Vegas and there'll be so much to talk about. Um Mace, just before we get into the show, uh also, last thing, massive shout out to Ben Vincent and and the crew, the uh the Great weight I'm gonna call them, Mace, for our levels run club. We got six hundred and seventy members in there and we were away, but we still had eight of the boys' turn up. That was great. And um and get the run done. So shows that we're building something special there and uh, looking forward to getting back down there on Saturday this week, and we'll be rolling. Um, all the way into Christmas, we we'll probably have, probably have like Christmas, New Year off, but we'll be going. I'll be there 100 percent every Saturday. So, um, Mace, Body Science, mm-hmm. our partners, Body Science. Yeah. Dog of the week. Who was your
1: dog of the year? <sighs> there was a. Well, you went asked the questions like earlier today, and I'm like, I can't, I couldn't think of one really. Yeah. It was like like a little dog that personifies like a. Dog of the year, like Ruben Cotter was down. Yeah, because I'd usually go for someone like that. Because he's our dog of all dogs. Yeah, man. he's yeah, he's the king. But from the um, year
0: before, he's he would have been epitomizes like what yeah. we thought about the dog. But you're right, he had, he a, had few, a few little little niggles. He had injuries, a good year, but he just Cowboys didn't have form. a great year. Like yeah. he ended up finishing
1: like you know in the. In the Australian team, so if that's a down year for a kid like that. And he got the Wally Lewis yeah, too. (laughs) But it's still down on the year before. That's how much of a dog he was the year before, don't you think? I'm with you. I'm I'm 100% with you. Yeah, he had a great year. I mean, good year, but I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I didn't see it. So I think this guy out of Penrith personifies that as well. I think he brings a lot on on the field and off the field. So Mm. it's like the way that he's a spiritual leader. So I'm going to go with – Big James Fisher Harris. I think mean, he gets all the massive raps as the the Farnol Blake's up there now. I think he's overpassed him. Yep. And then you look at um, Payne Haas, yeah, you know, Flegler. All these Pino. sort of blokes they're talking about. They're talking about him before this guy. This guy's won three premierships. Just took the New Zealanders to a Pacific Cup. His resume. I think I'd have his resume rather than those other blokes. Yeah, that's
0: super interesting. Like um, when you talk when we when, like when you talk about. The dog, like When we you know, we rattle off stats, but really it shouldn't be about stats. Like no. Dog of the week for us is generally people that just get in and do all the shitty work. Yeah, and, um, him. I think he I think he is the best example of a guy that does all the, the one percenters that we always talk mm. about. He always ta- takes the toughest carries. Um, he always um, gets kick pressure for big guys. For a lot of people, like I know all, a lot of the other players, like the Tinos and that, they do all this as well. But yeah. so many of those selfless acts – and the culture that that's been built out of Penrith. Mm. I've, I'm not inside those four walls, but. Um, yeah, you, apparently
1: he's he's that dude out there. Your
0: relationship with Soreldo yeah. and, and Soreldo, Camp Soreldo said he's yeah. the guy that drives all the standards. And yeah. you can see that in a guy like Moses Liotta as well. Yeah, we rub it off on him, but... For sure. Because I remember when Moses Liotta was coming through, um, being from Western City myself, like I've seen Moses play like SG ball and that, and the, and the knock on him early was whether, you know, because he went away and, and had to grind to get back into first yeah. grade and whatnot, and the knock on him was... You know, engine. You know yeah. all the little things. He always had the big, tough carry in him. He could could belt people. Yeah. But um, when you've got a leader like James Fisher Harris involved, I think it really sets the tone for yeah. everyone else to come. Yeah, you're spot the on thing. there
1: without even without even being there. And I think people just get carried away with you know you know the eighteen nineteen hit ups. 260 meters, all that kind of stuff, you know, big minutes. And it's like, you're doing all those little things. You know, some of these props aren't doing those little things that he does. Yeah. Um, Because they're um, ripping off, they're getting all the kickoffs, right? So you get about, just say, four, five, six kickoffs, dropouts, all that kind of stuff. There's 100 meters there without any contact at all. Yeah. You rip Um, it through the middle. Sorry, you rip it through the middle, 15 hit-ups, 15 whatever, and get 140 meters, but they're all off the nine. Yeah. (laughs) They're <laughs> fucking hard meters, man.
0: I I I'll admit that I've got carried away with stats a little bit more mm. this year, for sure. I reckon now that we've been doing it more in depth, watching yeah. all the games, go back, reinforce what you thought about what the game. You get,
1: where you get your meters? That's exactly. very Exactly.
0: Exactly. That's super important, and I, and and those things are still great, in there, and the players that that can rack them up. But um, yeah, I think he just epitomizes uh, what we you know what we. Uh, but uh, well, we've seen a big dog, the yeah, big dog. Yeah, he is, he is the epitome of a dog. Yeah. Um, another guy, for me, we talked about Queensland before he made his debut this year. Um, I thought he was outstanding in a number of games. I feel like I would have voted for him at least. He would have got about two, at least a minimum of two, maybe even three Dog of the Week. So I think yeah. early on in the year, I purposely didn't vote him for Dog of the Week because he'd already got it earlier yeah, he's in the year. off the
1: bench as well. Yeah, one start. Point, didn't have a good Yeah, start yeah you're year.
0: right. Until he solidified that lock spot. Yeah. Corey Horsebra. The bra. The bra. <laughs> I think when you look at him, like, and what he'd done and the way he's taken his game to another level, it hasn't been by flashy, you know, this, the same thing no, we're stats. talking about with Fisher Harris. It wasn't racking up a shitload of stats. It was doing kick chases. It was putting pressure on um, Adam Reynolds in that game against the Broncos mm. or, or sweeping him behind and making tackles that. You know, you just didn't expect him to make on the last tackle against the Broncos. Mm. And, um, you know, I thought for sure um, he had a he had a great season. He looks like he's a real um, linchpin now for Canberra Raiders moving forward and driving that culture because they've got a couple of, you know, Elliot Whitehead's getting a little bit older. Yeah. Um, Josh Hodgson was that guy for a long time before he went to Parramatta. Uh, Josh Papaliti's he's getting the end of his career. So it's going to be Joseph Tarpana. Yeah. Corey Horsburgh and Hudson Young to take that next step mm. uh, and, and leadership in that pack. And um, that's why, you know, these these Canberra teams, they're always so because hard to beat. players like yeah, that in Canberra.
1: It'd be annoying.
0: Um, what about a moment, mate? Like uh, is there anything in particular that stands out on the season that sort of – you think, fuck, that's as good as it gets for, yeah. for rugby league or for us at levels or? Well, or everyone I spoke be.
1: to just who didn't even like rugby league down in Melbourne, right? Yep. They all, they just brought up the grand final yep. that moment, just yep. that last eighteen minutes, the finish, the ending. Like everyone there, I was with Ian Botham, the great beefy Botham on yeah. on Melbourne Cup. Derm Brereton, we just sitting around there. How fucking good is rugby league? Yeah. Bring out like we could have the worst fucking year of all time off the field and all this all these other dramas, and you rip something like that out. You're right, and everyone just goes, yeah. That's the shit you know? yeah. Even AFL They thought they had One of the greatest Grand finals and That was a great Grand yeah, final Yeah and then just, too. just Gets Trump The players. next day We it's had like, a really Good grand final Yeah it was well. like and to share that moment, all of us there. Yep. You know, it was um, that was fucking amazing. That's, That's one of true. the best moments that I saw, actually. That's my true. eyes. Like, usually I watch it on TV. You don't really they're like riding the whole roller coaster. We saw Gordy, we saw all these guys, everyone's going crazy. Appy's going there, like yeah. the, imagine the, like the emotional roller coaster they're going through. Yeah. And we're like just watching this shit, going, How good's this game? That's so true. Like so I'm when just you, like, yeah, just that, that moment. I was like, I don't think I had a, I've had a better moment in rugby league yeah. fucking ever Yeah, that I'm watching that I really cared about. That's so funny because I'm, I'm with you and that was
0: – for what we do, right, because this is obviously a job as well. Like this yeah. is levels. We enjoy doing it. We're very lucky to be doing it. But sometimes, you know, end of the year, you get to the end of the year going, uh, especially if a team doesn't – match up with another team? Because that's happened before in grand finals where you're like – for sure. The best teams aren't in the grand final. Last year. One might have – you know, yeah, one might have fell away and all for whatever. Yeah. Both teams were fully fit, like fully
1: fit. Full rosters too.
0: Full rosters. They were the two best teams clearly and the grand final actually lived up to the hype. Yeah,
1: it was only fitting, wasn't it? Like
0: if Broncos has gone and kicked away – it would have been. I would have been pumped for the Broncos. Yeah. It would have been a great. Yeah. it would have been a cool grand final. Yeah, you cool won two story, in a row. It's all good. But it would have been like <laughs> Matt. Like you're right. People from AFL cricket would have watched it and, and gone. It crosses. Over. Oh, yeah, it was all right. Grand final. Broncos are just fucking really good because they don't watch the rest of the year, right? They don't realize how good Penrith. Oh, if been. Penrith won three, yeah, Penrith are the dominant. The league's boring. But it's it's the fashion in which the game played out. Because mm. um, you're right. Like the rest of the year could be complete shit. Yeah. But when everyone's viewing and watching our game, it's for two occasions, well, four games in total. Yeah, yeah. They're watching Origin, all the AFL, all the cricketers, all the all the other sportsmen, yeah. and they're watching the grand final, just That's like it. we watch the AFL grand final. So um, what a time to put it on. My moment, um, and it coincides with the ride of the Warriors, mm. was our trip to New Zealand. Um, I thought we got 97,000 views on that vlog yeah. from going away Um you know, just the energy in New Zealand for what everything that they'd been through, the sacrifices they'd make to go on that run. You know, Shawnee's playing the, the type of footy that, you know, should have won him a daily M or yeah. was was competing with KP for a daily M and, and got, went all the way down to the wire. Um, it was just good to be back home. I hadn't been back home in, in forever as well. So going back to New Zealand, um, again, like you talked about with Gordie and Uppy. Just mixing and mingling with yeah, the old boys uh, after the yeah, game on Old Boys that, it Day. It
1: coincided with Old Boys Day. Yep. We walked in there. We got the whole tour. Jacko showed us. Um, and it was madness. Like the crowd, how much energy they show, like how much love they got for the Warriors. It's great, man. They had a great year. Yep. That moment was great as well.
0: Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, those are those are the, you know our two special moments. Let, let us know levels. Uh, if there's some stuff that, you know, it doesn't have to be levels related. It can just be footy related, your favorite moments. Uh, let us know in the comments, and uh, I'll, obviously this is the last episode, but I'll be replying on YouTube still. Um, so here's a couple of our YouTube questions for this week. This one's more of a, a statement, and I thought this, I found this quite interesting. Now, you know, sometimes stats just play out, and you don't realise, and it doesn't—it's ha- not really an indication of, on either player, but it's just funny how it plays out. Jerome Luai's win rate without Cleary—he's won 18 from 20 games. With full cleary without Luai, They've played thirteen games without Luai. How many games do you reckon Nace won?
1: Oh, he should have won at least ten. But I reckon six. It's, yeah. six.
0: So, um, but it's just funny how stats it's like weird. that play out a little bit. You know, like it's it's not diminishing Nathan, it's not like putting Luai on this crazy pedestal, but it's it's funny how combinations matter. Yeah. I think that's a a really important thing. And uh for whatever reason, um Lui has been able to combine better without Nath. Mm. Uh, sometimes I think the psyche comes into to a stat like that, like when your best plays out. And if it's only for, a sh- like, a short period of time, like four weeks, right? Yeah. Four to five weeks, Nath does his groin or, or he gets suspended. You, you can lock in and go, boys, let's fucking rip in. We can get this done with yeah. without Nath. But if he's out for an entire season, that might be
1: – Yeah. That would be different. I think different. both times where Cleary's been out was with a suspension. Yep. And an injury, like six and six, was it? Yeah, in I the think last he had
0: – be- Did he have the high tackle? What was his – Um, the year before he missed the last four or five games of the season – Against Parramatta for doing, I think spear tackle, Dill Brown, yeah. and then he did his groin yeah. uh, after Origin one and missed the, you know, five or six weeks after that. Yeah, um, but it just shows the the greatness of not only Luai... but mm. that. that when pen they, when's he gonna make that
1: decision, ...Luai You reckon? Just random. Right, yeah. When are they come back to training it, next?
0: They the late December, early June? Yeah, I'd say because he wasn't involved in any of the rep footy. Um, I'd say, yeah, early December. I know everyone like, else is coming
1: back next Monday.
0: Yeah. I th- I think my, some of the teams are going back. So, like, um, all the uh, – like,
1: outside of the fringe of the top 30 squad,
0: some yeah, of the teams are back. Yeah, Gold Coast, Bulldogs, a Tigers, uh, a few teams have gone back. But um, I dare say – I think i seen something where they said um, Jerome is actually enjoying this process of uh, – of going through all the the conversations and letting yeah. his media take care, uh, his management yeah. take care of it. So uh, interesting. Uh, this one, that one is from Sabrini five o double five. This one's from Preston Franklin. Uh, question: If you and Scope, Scope spelled with S K O P E, and Widemoo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, both got offered jobs as leading chairman in the NRL, making all the big calls and shit about the game. Are you taking the jobs or cont- continuing what you do? I reckon you have good insight and knowledge for the game and interest in hearing your takes. Um, Preston, we're not doing that. <laughs> fuck that. Mace, if there <laughs> was one thing, uh, if you got put into a role and NRL come to you and said, you know, what was you know, if there's one thing you'd change, what's one thing that you'd like to implement in the game that you think into the, the game? Help?
1: Yeah. Fuck, that's a big question. They've already cleared all the salary cap and everything up. Everything's pretty fair there. So I think he's done a good job. It's got to be the international game. Somewhere, just clean that up. I know you've got some good thoughts on that soon. Yeah, um, for sure. Coming up. But um, I'd love to hear those. But I think we really need to capitalise on the international game. We just sort of let let it slip all the time. There needs to be some sort of... I don't know. Just a better blueprint.
0: There's yeah for sure. There's a bind. I've got a little bit later on. That's, um, gonna, that's my answer as well. Um, we'll go. Th- we'll get. We'll hit that at the end of the episode. So, so hang in there. We're going to talk about all the games. Um, we've got Aussie obviously uh, getting pumped by the Kiwis thirty to nil. Uh, we've got <laughs> uh, I wanna, we've got the Kummels versus the Bati as well, and the Palms twenty six four against uh, the Tokos. So we'll go through <laughs> all that. Um, this one is from Wilson Dog. This one's from Riley. He's the OG. Uh, Levels Run Club member Who's yeah. been to everyone G'day lads He's a good kid Day one L1 And day one Run Clubber Question Do you think An average halfback With a great pack Is better than a great halfback With an average pack Bit of an unpopular opinion Love the potty Love the Run Club Seeing AG And Lukey Get amongst it every weekend Is the highlight of my week uh, Appreciate the question Riley We'll see you down there On Saturday brother I know you'll be there
1: But um what are you going with, mate? It's like – Yeah, like an – what's an average – give me an average halfback, but
0: All right, in, I'd say – In today's game. All right, so let's work Sullivan. out
1: Yeah. Sexton. Yes, uh, Sullivan. like, that's I, like I'd, your I'd average s- played 50 games. You're definitely in the team every week or you up and down. Have you been through – I'd say – You're a hundred gamer. And this that's is, average.
0: This is respectfully, of course. I'd say the, the median would be guys like Fogarty, Hastings –
1: Like those sorts of players. Well, then give me the average halfback with a gun forward pack. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, because you he steer you the think, you think a, ga- a game manager's an average halfback. Yeah, like Adam Reynolds is a is a game manager. Yeah, even
0: at a just, version, high level version, that would be just, yeah.
1: Ch- Chad Townsend, like yeah. Chad
0: Townsend, Fogarty. So if you had Chad, like those guys are on, you know, yeah. really good halfbacks they have been on good money or whatever. Yeah. But you could get away with. I think that's the. I think that's the prime example. I think Chad, yeah. what Chad's done at the Cowboys, being a really solid halfback for a long time, yeah. he'd be in the middle. No one middle would ever tier, say yeah. he's going to be the top halfback. No one would ever say he's the worst halfback in the competition. But he's got a really good pack. He's got Jason Tomolo, he's got Jeremiah Nanai, he's got Reuben Cotter, yep. Griffin Names, um yep. exploding now onto the seam. I think that would be the perfect example. And if you look at probably an average pack uh, with um, an elite halfback, I don't think you get them, you do get you? It. Because no. you end up… Halfbacks are smart too. Because I think the perfect example of that, and this is previous to this year because they've, they've had a good pack mm. this year, Tigers but the years that brooks has been at the tigers and the potential that he had to be mm. i honestly believe that he has he had traits to develop into a top tier halfback now whether Should've he would have got Eagle there equal moses whether he would have got there who knows but um i don't think he had the help in his roster early on in his career like mm. probably not early on he probably had more Help earlier on, but then he went through a period where they just had this changeover and yeah. and no consistency in the forward pack, and it's really um diminished his yeah, progression. Yeah. So uh, so give me a Chad
1: Townsend. Has there
0: ever be, has there ever been a, an elite halfback that you can remember that was in a, like an awful pack that did well?
1: Well, you gotta have a think. Just look at Joey's career, Noddy Kamal's uh, career, yep. JT, Craig Gower. They've all had fucking gun packs. Mm. Do you think they're yeah, Joey was just JT? They were just outstanding. Like they're just another level. But like, do
0: you reckon that? But were, were there ever times when you look when you look back at it now, like, did maybe Joey's greatness um, sort of blind us from some of the limitations that some of those? Well, people Well, you can just see every time Joey's
1: out and what happened in Newcastle. Yeah. in the early two thousands. That's that's yeah, soon I'm, as Joey's out, it's a write-off.
0: Steve Simpson weapon. Yeah, right. Billy, he Billy was of BK BK Matt Parsons
1: gun, but for whatever reason, when Joey was out, mm, he um, just held that much influence in the team. Because yeah, yeah. it ain't like a halfback who just attacks on the right side. Yeah. He attacks both sides of the ruck everywhere. All your weaknesses gets exploited. And those guys are just fucking mad, mad lines on the edge. Look what they did to Jason Taylor in two thousand one yeah. grand final. Destroyed Parramatta and him. Yeah. In just a half exploited him in yeah. a half. Done. Game over. Yeah. So that's the difference. So I don't know. And, and, and no, taking away from that Newcastle pack, they were good. They just didn't have massive names. Mm. But they were. I bet he wouldn't swap any of them for anyone. A hundred percent. But the stats are when he was done, Newcastle was done. Yeah.
0: Well, that year, did um, they lost. They were like wooden spoon at the. Was it his last year before he got injured? In the coming back, two thousand seven yeah Yeah. Um. All right. Good question. Uh. I think for sure you can get away with a game mm. managing halfback yeah. with a with a sick
1: pack. Well, look at sorry, good JT two thousand five. Yeah, forward pack from North Queensland. I bet you can't name any of them.
0: Shit, yeah. All right, so I will know a couple of them. Yeah, you
1: would know their yeah. names. I'm saying, just you're not going bang. First of all, they didn't win. Paul Rahee. Paul Rahee. Travis Norton, Shane Tronk. Stevie Southern, Tronky. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the starting pack. Aaron, Aaron Payne. Yeah, yeah, but you're not going yeah. household names, yeah, you know? yeah. unless you know the game. Like you know the game. They were average. You ask average thirty year old. Yeah, You wouldn't yeah. know any of them.
0: Yeah. yeah, you're right. That's a that's a good point. Kevin Camp. They're like as in their average proper average level plus just a little bit. Yeah, better. But they all but yeah. they all had
1: career years. Actually, yeah, 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 right? yeah okay. The Stevie Southern, Luke O'Donnell's. Yeah, you know, big Shane Tronk. Paul Rahehi, Rahe, he was a gunback. You know, yep. 05, he was one of the best props in the game. Yeah. Kevin Campion, Travis Norton, yeah. In my eyes, gun-packed. Yeah, they did, but, have, they did have some... Yeah, they're good runners. players, man. <laughs> I've playing Origin. They just weren't superstar players at yep. that time.
0: Yeah. Uh, this one's from Barry Matthews. What's up? Um, so we've got three different questions here. One is, how soon do the average NRL players want to sign? Are they happy waiting until next year before being signed to a team for 2025. I'll speak on behalf of the average NRL player because that was my career. Um, I reckon it's a little bit later. So if you're referring to November 1, just become available. So what happens during that period? All the teams... Actually, let's start... No, no. So i Yeah, we'll start down the bottom for the clubs. So the third question... Is, is relative to what we'll build into it. So how quickly do clubs want their 2025 rosters locked in? Are they happy to get their key player positions filled then sort out the battlers close to 2025? Thanks, guys. So first question, clubs are trying to identify their best players right now, aren't yep. they,
1: Mace? They're trying to get that. Perfect example is Luai right now. Yep. Superstar player. Luai, Dearden, Joe mm. Manu. But even like just say where Penrith, what Penrith are trying to do, trying to get the Mitch Kennys, trying to get all these other guys done. They've already tried with Luai. So yeah. this is like, what do you do? What, what, do you, what would you do if you're Luai? You're just going to wait probably till the end of like 2004 mm. to even make a decision because I don't 2024? think he's going to – Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Back himself, his money's never going to go down now. Even if he blows his ACL out. Yeah, yeah Touch wood, yeah. he doesn't. Yeah, yeah But yeah. I just don't think it will because the market's set on halves like him. Yeah. And it's going to be massive. Only be, it'll go in Penrith's favour if he does have an injury. Yes, it would. Yeah, he'd be like, ah, oh, fuck So that's
0: you know. why if I was him, I'd be looking. So the second yeah, question so is – Yeah, there's a lot of
1: fucking things there. You could come out, you could kill the whole year. Oh, I, don't, I don't know what I'll do in his position. If you're hell set on going, I think in his position right right now at Penrith and where he sits with everyone, yep. they would go, shake hands, well done.
0: So what about if you're another club and you're trying to get Luai there? You want to get that done as yeah, soon as possible. ASAP. Yeah, ASAP. So it's
1: so different. So yeah. Penrith are like, we could, we could wait. Tiger's – Everyone else are like, get it now so they can announce it for sponsors and all that shit. That's when it becomes a business. Correct. Right? So it's like, yeah. yeah. And then you can Go start to do a Luai, you don't give a off, shit. Yeah, yeah. Sit back, enjoy the preseason, have a break, get back into footy. Make a decision whenever you want, not on anyone else's watch.
0: Because you, you've got to get it done now. So just say you are one of those teams like Tigers, Dragons, you're going for Luai, you miss out on Luai, your second option might be Tommy and So then mm. you've got to find – you've got to mix and start – Like I'd imagine all three of those bottom ranked teams, like specifically the Tigers and the Dragons who are are looking for some depth in the halves would be going after all three of Ezra, Mam, Dearden and and Luai and it would honestly be – they'd probably all have their preference out of the three for sure Mm. but they'd be putting tabling offers to all three of them until the management come back and go – Actually, Drones keen on tigers, or Drones yeah. keen on the dragons, or Drones, you know, whatever it may be. And then, if the management then comes back and they get information, the clubs get information that the management are leaning, and going, well, "Tommy did and might leave the Cowboys." Like the, yeah. the offer's not uh, not that good. Like we're it's a genuine not concrete, chance. Yeah. Then the club just goes and focuses all their energy into into one of those playmakers yeah. because after that's done. Then you can get the players like myself. Average NRL players, that's when you can start to build it out. And for myself, as an average NRL player, it it just wasn't up to us. The luxury, it wasn't like, oh, I'd love to get it done early in the year. The clubs would never – and the system was a little bit different. Just just say it was the old June 30. The clubs would never start uh, talking to players like myself until the – They'd knocked off their Luwais, until yeah. they'd knocked off their Joey Manu's until they'd knocked off their Hylam Lukies. like so not even yeah. my position but like top tier players and then once they they get that then they can look at the roster and go all right we've just allocated one point two million um, for Jerome Luai at the Tigers now where does that leave our cap in the rest of the team mm. and then they can start going all right we've Bang got three we've got one point fucking two. And we've got to fit that into three players. Yeah. How do we do that? All right, now let's start filtering down yep. to the to the average and the middle tier players. All right, mm. so sometimes they might even start at their floor and they, yeah. they they target a player like myself and go, well, maybe we can get him for one fifty. Yeah. So instead of going three times four hundred, they go, well, we can get if we can get Horo for one fifty or two hundred, then we can add another two hundred and get like a, yeah. a another level of player. Yeah. Um. So
1: that's I think how. I hope that answered your to answer question. question, The superstar players sign whatever they want. Yes. That's it. They and dictate? They, yeah, they dictate what they're doing. They need to be honest with their management. They like to be courted, right? And yep. then it's just like, yeah, you get a little bit of a feel. If you want to test the open market, you've has got to test the open market. Yeah. Be silly if he's going to leave millions of dollars on the table.
0: So to sum it up, yeah. the superstars have all the power. They dictate when they want to sign, basically now. With the clubs, and then off the back of that, the clubs are able to figure out who they want to sign off the top of it with regards to all the other NL players. Um, speaking of the elite of the elite, um, the Kiwis defeated the Australia 30 0 <laughs> Um
1: Good segue. I've
0: got a, uh, let me just
1: get the 30 0. I'm still not over it. 30 0. Shocked.
0: I've got a, uh, I just wrote down some notes. So, obviously, massive shout out. Mm. If we're doing dog of the week for sure it's uh Chance Nickel That's right yeah, up there. He had a great series. He had 30 runs for two hundred and seventy seven meters, mate. Does he know uh, that RTS actually, is here? Grab
1: your arm. Does he know <laughs> does he yeah. feel RTS is present? He's like, you're not playing fullback, mate. Yeah. Go back in the front line.
0: He's gonna be playing centers for the Warriors <laughs> and now he's trying to uh force or look even next year, right? if you speaking of Roger, mm. Chance Nickel Clockstar was fullback and, and he's had a great season at the Warriors and Apparently he's the front runner. Uh, Webster is uh, told uh, chance that he will get first. It's his job to lose. Basically, yeah. you know, Roger's going to play centres. You got Joe Manu in the centres, and Matty Timical was probably our, our best in. Yeah, he in, was a beast in the in the last two games as well in the centres. Like, he ain't playing wing. Ma- maybe Roger plays wing.
1: <sighs> <sighs>
0: fucking little Tyler. <talent>. <laughs> he's got something to say about that. Yeah. yeah. So does um Jam Asaka uh, had a career there year yes. as well.
1: Yeah, but yeah, that's the thing. Consistency, right? But
0: speaking mm-hmm. of outside backs, mate, um, how about this for a stat? Every outside back, and this is almost like the Penrith Panthers blueprint that we talk about week in, week out. Every outside back for the Kiwis had over 100 metres. You know the least amount? Joey Manu and Joey Manu had 129. You're kidding me.
1: That's the, he, he was the least. So, chances at all that. Those little things like that, yep. the stats. So, and have a look at their their middles. Uh, Joey Tarpenay ran what 192 meters. Yep. I think one of our, like, I think Payne Haas maybe 100. I think. And he would have taken a couple of kickoffs, same as Carrigan. I That's think not they struggled good, to man. make
0: 100 across the board. But those are one of the things when you look at the stats, it sort of just reinforces what you thought about the game when you do see those. So yeah, yep. Payne Haas just 100 right on 100. the dot. Liam Martin 106. Yoey 116. But. Lindsey Collins, sixty. Nothing Pat- off the bench. Paddy Carrigan, thirty-two. Ruben Cotter, sixty-three. Tino, ninety-one. Um, it's it is it, it, honestly it's it's the recipe for success in the modern day game. You you load up on your outside backs if you've got a strong back. If yeah. I was constructed in a team right now, yeah, you want guys with, with skill in the and if you've got the luxury of being able to develop them. And you're talking outside backs, outside backs, mm. and they've got that nice skill set. But just give me a couple of wingers that just carry the ball and, yeah. and get you on the front foot Funny every time. Like you want, obviously, a fullback that's super fit and that communicates, like a Dylan Edwards model, like a Teddy model, like um, you know, even a Kalen model. Like he's a really good defensive fullback as well, but he just doesn't get the, the credit yeah. for it because he's so flary and he's and he's more of a he's, he's got a little bit more in his game. But really, defensively, he does such a good job and he's good at linking with his wingers mm. at Newcastle like Dom Young and Greg Marzou that run 200 metres every That's game. That's
1: where Penrith – I mean, Penrith are really good. Dylan Neville's at the back, right? Runs 280 metres a game. I'm not putting him on the wing for the mm. Australian team. Mm. He's fucking playing – he plays fullback every week. Give me – put Val Holmes – put Val Holmes on the wing. Well, put cover. Gags – get Gags, get someone in there who's done the job for Australia before – Give me 180 metres. Yeah. Like just those tough players don't give a shit. Dylan Edwards is tough, but he ain't got leg speed and all that sort of shit, ain't it. He gets picked up a lot, dragged back, left arm carry coming out the left side of the field. It's fucking unorthodox. Yeah, the... um And the, and, and New Zealand just game plan for that shit.
0: I can't remember Dylan Edwards ever playing anything
1: but ever. fullbacker. It's I like putting Luke Patton on the wing for yeah, Australia. Yeah, yeah. It's like he just doesn't fucking do it. He can do it, but he's not a gun at it.
0: Yeah, it was a good reward for him, I think, making um, the Australian team. But I reckon he got I – mean, for sure got, he got exposed. Take, yeah, he did. He, he got Same exposed. as Nico
1: Hines. Those yeah. blokes comes off at no, as, as a nine, gets exploited in the middle, mate. Yeah. A couple of times. He's not a good defender. You either got to play him – he's, he's not used to defending no, the in the That's middle No, not in the middle, mate. He's on an edge. You yeah. can take your time. When <laughs> the fucking Griffith Neiman, that just yeah. late footwork at you, get exposed at three men. Yeah. Fuck, mate. You got to put these guys out of experience, dudes. You know, like it's, it was harsh. It was hard watching it. I was just like, "Wow, yep. guys, are way out of the depth." Don't disrespect New Zealand like that. They come at you and fucking pump you. Been in that position before. I have got plenty
0: of notes, and, and we'll get to this. We'll, this is what Greg Alexander said post game, and doubled down on it. Um, the the Aussies looked like they didn't care, and it's a strong statement. And I, and I disagree with this, and and this is why. I I think because it's a harsh because harsh. Origin can distract people from the fact that. New Zealand are not playing any games during that time. Mm. And in the last 10 years, we've got to the point now with the Kiwis where let's go top to bottom, right? Chance Nickel logstad uh, had a great year of the world. He's probably not a top five fullback, but, but he's there's not, some
1: gun fullbacks around.
0: He's close to it. And yeah. a couple of years ago, if he doubles down on this year, like he did at the Raiders for a couple of years, he puts himself right back in that conversation, yep, I right? Agree. Jermaine Asako, top point scorer, top try scorer in the competition this year. In… The 13th best team in Mm -hmm. the competition. So he's a he's an elite winger. He's getting he's going to put himself back into that that mold. Joey Manu, best center in the competition. If you played him at fullback, he'd probably be top three. If you played him at six, he'd probably be top three as well. Uh Jerome Hughes, let's 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 use Origin as an example for all these players, right? So Joey Manu. That's what I was doing. Joey Manu would make both Queensland and and New South Wales anywhere in whatever position they needed him to. Jerome Hughes would put pressure on Chez for Queensland, for sure. And he'd put pressure on Jerome Lui for six for New South Wales, if he was available. Same would be for Dylan Brown for New South Wales. Um, Jerome Hughes is a top three halfback. Dylan Brown is top Top two. Top top two sixes in the game, him and Munster. Maybe Ezra Mann starting to get into the conversation. Like... Um, then you go into the Ford pack. definitely like
1: top five. All those players in every position.
0: Fisher Harris, three top and Leota would walk into either yeah. pack and might not start, but definitely it's be like a part in of the it. Seventeen somewhere. Um, Joseph Tarpany. Joseph yeah. Tarpany, He's another guy. He's he's like Fisher Harris, where his because he plays for Canberra, mm. and you don't like not the average NRL. If you're a diehard NRL fan, you're watching a lot of Canberra because you watch every game. Mm. But your casuals aren't really watching Canberra games. They're not. Because Canberra generally are generally on at a pretty shitty time. They might be Saturday or Sunday afternoons when people Super are on Saturday, the punt or, or, or watching something yeah. else. But Joseph Tarpany is fucking elite. He's top elite.
1: three lock in the game. But that's, we always but that's forget about something. him. We, we, but For we always talk about 10.
0: Yeah, exactly. We always talk about Karen, Carrigan, Yo, Cam Murray, Victor <laughs> Radley. Mm. And I think he's also a victim of his versatility yeah. because he also plays front row and yeah, lock, yeah. that sometimes he gets mixed up in between. Mm-hmm. But Joseph Tarpany would walk straight into it. Um, I think Isaiah Lee, he had a, a, a rough year he's still with the Tigers, but he an elite back row. Britton Nicholas, one of he's your favourite back gun. rollers? The only position that I thought we we're going to struggle at was nine, nine because we had the old boy Fozzie in there, and we had Farmanu, Farmanu, Farmanu Brown, who has been a journeyman mm. uh, in the league for years, and he's got a, a nice role. He's plugged out a nice role at times, been a utility, mm. but that was the one part that I was worried about because I wasn't worried about Leo Thompson um, and Griffin Name, who, by the way, Griffin Name is twenty-two, well. and Leo Thompson's twenty-three. There's a the future there. That's the future of the park, and then that's the future. They're, they're going to they come. I'll have a look into their contracts as well. They're both off contract at the end of twenty twenty four as well, so they'll Thompson's have some nice. I like him. Yeah, I love Leo Thompson. I love Griffin Neem as well. Um, that's the next gen of like the elite forwards that are mm. coming through. But I think it's I think it's disrespectful to say um, that the Aussies didn't care. I just think no, it's never oh, it's never that case. Never. I, I just, just think the Kiwis fucking took it to them. Yeah,
1: they got they got ambushed. Mm. That's not even saying ambush, they just got fucking outplayed of really bad reads on the edge. They care. You're playing for Australia. Brandy just probably gets really passionate about it. It looks like they didn't care. I get it. But deep down, he knows every player cares.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's just a good little clickbait thing. Yeah, yeah. No, Mm. look, and and he did – he said the impression was they looked like he didn't care. So he also um, corrected himself and said – he didn't think they didn't care. It's just the impression yeah. that they gave because of how dominant the Kiwis were. Mm. But again, because this is because, like I said, with Origin, whenever I ever watches when you Origin, you break it
1: down. I like, always break it down. Like, how many Kiwis could play in the Origin arena when I was playing against? I'm like three or four. Yeah, and there's we're stacked through them. Yep. You know, so there's the difference. That's the difference in big games as you lean on lean on your Origin experience.
0: Yeah. When you've
1: got eight or ten, ki- eight well, when you ten ten Kiwis out, they that that could make either pushing team pushing through it. Yeah, so. Especially in key positions. Yeah. There'd never be like, Stacey Jones I thought could have played, but he played in the era where Joey and all those guys were really dominant. Yeah, Nigel Wagner could have played Nige, for sure. yeah. Roy Asatasi would have played, Sonny Bill would have played. Ali T D? Ali, nah, probably not. Um, I don't know. They would have, that, that, yeah. that was sort hard-nosed footballers, few,
0: man. few outside backs and that, that could have played as well. Remember yeah, that, like that time Ridge? we just had
1: some ridiculous like, outside backs. you reckon backs? a guy like Matty Ridge back in the day? Mm-hmm. No, he played fullback in that yeah. era, in the 90s. So Tim Brasher and yeah, Mullins and, that, Mullins and that sort of thing. He's still um, good, bro, um, Ridge.
0: Yeah. I think the problem as well with, with this as well, and this is what Brandy's alluding to, like I don't think International Rugby League is sustainable long-term for Australia. If it's played at the end of the year, yeah. like it is now, without the actual incentive, so I've got a proposal for, for international footy. You got to remember, this is one thing to, and probably the the fans won't like to hear this because it's a lot of money. But top tier players are now on one mill a season, right? We're yeah. talking about Jerome Lawyer, even Tom Dearden, and Ezra Mam, who will not playing for Australia. They're gonna be, that, they're gonna yeah. be offered, mm. I think, a floor of a million dollars to play for other clubs, not their own. Yep. Yeah. Whereas you know during your time, and they're getting 3k per match to play for Australia, which is good because they're trying to. I guess what they're trying to do is they're trying to filter out, um, and make add more incentive to play for your home uh, country of heritage like Tonga, Samoa, and all that. But but you know just say back in your day, mates, the top tier players would have been on 500k and then they'd be getting 30k per match, so you could get 25 to 30% of your salary for mm-hmm. a season by playing at the end of the year and I think playing 30 four to just five say games. the
1: 2000 like our year we weren't getting we're getting paid I think 12 and a half, 15 a test yep i think i think it went crazy in the, 10s, the Yeah the okay. money it was going up i think it got to about 30 um but yeah we we would still play about maybe five or six a game. so it was still like you get something at the end of the year right yep so try, i know what you are getting at and it's like, well, I'm, I'm not sure the mindset right now.
0: Well, there's got to be – have got to be some incentive financially if it's not for the rivalry where they've been – like this result will definitely help it because mm. now I think on this occasion when the Kiwis have probably beaten Australia before, it's been like, oh, yeah, you know, they got a couple Fluke. of – You know, you would have thought Kiwis played their absolute best mm. to beat the Aussies. The Aussies had a bad day. I don't think it was not on this occasion. No. I think New Zealand were just better because they're better.
1: We got beaten 0-5 against New Zealand. They were better than us. Yeah, clearly can say on that the day, way. or yeah, they had a they better was team. decent. Yeah, three, four, five, six. Those challenges, like we yeah. just we just had class at the end of it. Like with Lockyer and Gi and and all these sort of like magnificent moments that they've had. But they're like they we never blew them out. Yeah, they had us there. We had a few injuries, but there was no excuse. Ruben wiki, all those blokes, man, he's fucking come and bashed us.
0: I, I think that I honestly think right there's now, a genuine I don't conversation. think it's a fluke. Yeah, I, I, think, like- I think there's an argument that Kiwis are, if not 50 50 at best, I think they're slightly better across the board, but especially look, if we
1: get- sorry, because they played in the semi final on the other side, it would have been a fucking World Cup final. Come on, man, it would yep. have being in Samoa.
0: Yeah for sure And that game went it down the white, right? yeah. It could have been anything
1: It could have been anything And that other game was a fucking few Little moments in it It's always a couple Of moments now mm. A couple of moments There was about 20 moments But in this one yeah, Of dominance It was dominant wasn't it It was clinical mm. um, No mistakes Everyone played outstanding The well, key players look, Played outstanding
0: 12-10 errors In favour of the Kiwis So that's not crazy Only yeah. two more errors For mm. Australia The penalty count Five each? Yeah,
1: it's nothing. nothing. Like, There's it's, no like, nothing. New Zealand wasn't dominating anything else but the field. Exactly.
0: Possession, um, the way that metres, just they gained more metres, they ran harder, they made better decisions yeah. when they stripped them on the edges and they made the crucial passes
1: when it mattered. Do you think elite games like Origin when it's so even and Test Football now, it's just you can be off a little bit Yeah, and you get blown out. Yeah. You don't if you don't stop the bleeding at 12-0, yeah. 18-0 psychologically, you can fucking get dusted into, like, the 30s or 40s. Like, Easily now. Yeah. yeah. You can't stop the bleeding. And the other team does not let up. Mm. That didn't let – that fucking New Zealand juggernaut did not let up for 80 minutes. Yeah. They weren't – as soon as it got to, like, 18, they're like, fucking game over. It was a real statement, not, 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 wasn't it? Gone are the days where 18-0 Australia thinking they can still come back. Mm. Impossible.
0: Yeah. Impossible.
1: Yeah, you're right. You're right. Not in, at that level. Well,
0: yeah, when you're watching it, it was like – the. If you if you look back to years past, and that's probably because there was like three or four immortals playing all yes. time during that period yeah. where there would be like calming influence. Cam Smith
1: when I was watching Andrew Johns, JT, the guys that I'd play with, like I was never fucking stressed in a test. Yeah. I'm like, I gotta take care of this New Zealand pack or England or something like that if we win the battle in the middle, we win the game. Yeah. That's simple rules. Simple rules when you wear that jersey. Now it's fucking it's totally different. In this on, on, on the weekend, when I
0: was, you know, watching it back. It's harder when you're watching it back and you know the result because yeah. when you because then I start you looking look at body moments, language. Yeah, when you when you look at body language, you start to go, hmm. oh, "Well, you know, it's going to be thirty nil." So you sort of does, expect does, it. Does that impact the way that you view the game? But when I was looking, I was going, "They don't believe they can come back." No, like the, 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 as the more the game's going on, the more they're getting frustrated. Where just say um, when I would watch games for the Kiwis versus Australia, I think there was a, I remember there was a game that we played really well on an Anzac Test. Um, and we might have got off, off to a bit of a lead, and we started really well. And then I looked over, and it was like Cam Smith, Cooper Cronk, fucking Jonathan Thurston. I'm like, plan. fuck, they're going to come back. They're going to get us. You mm. know what I mean? Like when I was watching that game, and I was looking at the body language of the teams, I was like, they never believed that they could come back. That's, mm. that's how dominant the Kiwis were. And who
1: do you put? Just say, there would be a couple of guys in that green and gold jersey who never played for Australia again. Don't think so or, or they're a bit older Everything like that Even yep. the younger guys That they've been fitting in I don't yep. think they're going to do the job Might be out for a couple of years Yep um, What could that Like who do you bring in? If we don't have it's Something like JT sitting on the sideline Well the big or names Joey. Like the big, big names. What's the biggest the, name's Trill. Nath Nate
0: so Nate didn't play He'll be back the Littrell, names – I don't think you can count on these two names anymore. No. I've like, been saying this for two <laughs> years, right? It's just Nathan Cleary. That's all you're bringing into that team. Troll and, and Tommy have just – have been able to show in the last couple of years. I love them as players. And if they do get back, it's probably a completely different result. They, they tilt it. Not, they- not, in, not in like – probably if I said this two or three years ago, the way that Turbo and Latrell were ascending mm. two or three years ago, specifically that Origin series, I would have said – yeah, it's going to be hard to beat Australia, man. But because they've had these limited in injuries now and they haven't played consistent now footy at club level or origin level or international that's what level. That's I'm saying. I don't
1: think you bring back Nathan Cleary. That's yeah. it into this whole side. you yeah. might have Brandon Smith, maybe. Yep. Maybe. Cheese and Jeremy Marshall cheese, King would, would probably big. come back
0: in for the Kiwis. Yep.
1: So I'm saying, like, what's what's the difference next time we play? It's a mental thing. <laughs>
0: mm. Roger Tuivasa-Sheck could yeah. be on the wing. Centres. What you? Pardon, Lukey?
1: Caelan, yeah, that's a big
0: change. I think, yeah. I think, um, good one from Lukey. In- I think um, again, Caelan or Reese Walsh should have been the fullbacks. I said it before, before the um, yeah. it started, and now when we look back on it, the ro- results are done. Um, I think there will be a change in the guard. I think you're, there's there's one player. I think Teddy might have played his last series for Australia. Um, I think Dylan Edwards definitely won't play because. If he's not going to play fullback, then he shouldn't be playing. I think that was mm-hmm. uh, that was clear to see. Um, you know, Val's probably getting the end of his run for for Origin and, and club Le- uh, for international footy. Um, Tony Staggs, you know, with with him depends on what Stephen Crichton, Tommy Turbo, Latrell. Um, there are a lot of people that were out for Australia. There were a lot of people without, but, yeah, but when yeah. they are out this is the fashion that you want to see the Kiwis beat them, yeah, right? Like if there are excuses, because there are enough excuses for Australia, you yeah? know?
1: Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. Cause yeah. I, looked at, I looked at that team the whole time like, that is a fucking amazing team. Yeah. We went through the forward pack, Payne Haas, Tino, Ben Hunt, Liam Martin, fucking… Uh, Cam Murray. Cam Murray. and Isaiah Yo. Yo. It's one of Paddy the best Carrigan packs on the bench. Like, it's a be- one of the best packs like we've formed in the yeah. last, you know. Just, there's no excuse there. Yeah. DCU's played bloody 20-something tests. Munster's been around, like, played 15, 20 tests. I don't know. Like, they're all, like, they're all guns, man. Yeah. Just the balance of the teams. You've got to get that back five right. Mm. Got to get it right.
0: Yeah, that was the so difference. You just
1: bring Nathan Cleary back and like, everything's fucking fixed. Yeah. Is that good?
0: Well, I don't know. Like, <laughs> Who knows, Well, man. here's a question for you. So, Nace, So Nace misses this, so it's hard to, to, to judge. But there's always – there's been question marks on Nathan at origin level before mm. – he's obviously grand final – Gun that performance yeah. will put him in the conversation for yeah. the elite halfbacks mm. of all time. Yeah. But we're still waiting for him to have a a really um, specific impact on Origin, like we have with mm. Joey in particular, who had that yeah. crazy series. Um, but for every P- Penrith performance he's had, Liotta and James Fisher-Harris, yeah. and he doesn't have them at New South Wales level, and he and he and he hasn't had them he's at still Australia. Still
1: got and tino like, and he, yeah, not he's bad. got some decent I think he's gonna go yeah I've got Junior paulo and all these other young big bastards you know there's no excuse for Nath.
0: all right mace let's get on to it uh with the Kummels versus the butty uh the Kummels defeated got revenge on the butty 3212 That's um, madness I, I I I thought the kummels deserved to be favorites and this is why because I you know the Comals were favourites before they got beaten by the Batsy the week before. Um, a player that I love, uh, he's been at the Lee Leopards now for a couple of years with Lockie mm. Lamb and Adrian Lamb is the hooker Edwin and I think he's uh, I think he's really NRL quality, um, and I believe that the Dragons have been inquiring about him yeah, for nice. a while too. So, good. I think he goes good. Um, I know that you know you, you we were talking about this as well the and Lamb and could he and, come back. Can yeah, do a job? I think he's ready to come back. Oh, no,
1: let's not get carried away. You're carving Fiji up, right? Yep. Different week in, week out. I think Lachlan Lamb's the perfect
0: example of your, your Blake Greens, your Jackson Hastings, your, so your, play, your playmakers that go over there. Um, they have a couple of years. They build the confidence up mm. and they come back and, and they could be – they're not going to be – There's no pressure, but when you're over yeah. there. I get it,
1: which is good because when they're here, he's fucking Adrian Lamb's son, right? Yeah. I've known the kid since he was five years old. Pressure the whole way. Adrian Lamb would have been your assistant yeah, coach of the he's Roosters. Champ. I love yeah. Adrian Lamb. Yeah, yeah. Love him. Um he was just ha- he was underneath him the whole time. I'm like, yeah. the best thing he has done is gone over there and killed it. Yeah. Because now it's like there's no pressure, right? Over there. It's not week in, week out, week in, week out. Now he's just getting used to running a team. Lee no Le- one looks at him like he's lucky lamb sung up, fuck it, you're only here because of that reason. No, now you've earned everything. Speaking so of no pressure,
0: club, Lee Leopard's come from championship level up to Fucking man, super league. So they not only had no pressure because of he's got away from his old boy, like, like his old boy coached him over, over there. there. But um, yeah, he would have had some good times over yeah. there, and um, no one. He's
1: twenty four now, maybe. Yeah, I'm looking at that actually. But I reckon he could do a job over here easily. Yeah, because the talent set, the talent skill is there. I reckon he's got a, he, I I wouldn't. If, he's only
0: twenty five. I wouldn't be bringing on Lamb back to be the answer for the positions that we we're talking about previously, like. The clubs that are looking for Jerome Luai and Tom Diddens, yeah. I think he's got to come back as a nice luxury piece. So whether he comes back, um, to you need sort of need a team that's travelling well. Like for example, if Penrith, Cowboys or Broncos were to lose Mam Dearden Deedon. or Louai, mm. he would be the. I think he'd be the perfect plug yeah. and play back into those yeah. systems. Like that's where you, that's where you play a guy like Lock like Lamb, where he comes back. The team's yeah, already he's set. He's not going to be the man. You don't he's have to play him a, a crazy amount of money, but he can still do a job and, and be a really solid second fiddle, like yeah. Greeny was. Like when Blake Greeny Green came Ernie back, he went back to Spartan Melbourne. Ernie um Manly, and yeah, and then you just keep developing him yeah. to if you can control a yeah. team like you, mm. like Jackson Hastings is now doing it at, at the Knights. Um, I tell you, what else I like is uh, speaking of the Cowboys. We we're talking about the Cowboys before. That left edge, the young, young players, Robert Derby. He only played the one yeah. game. And and Zach Labert. Um, yeah, he's centre. good. They're good. They're nice players, man. I think um, the, the Cowboys have got Viliami Valea coming up because they're losing Petahiku. Yeah. Petahiku yeah. moves. He on. has gone. Yep. He's gone over to the UK. And uh, I, I like the look of Labert and, and Derby. Um I he's he, that Zach Labour, it's just got a, n- a nice little bit of silk about
1: him. Yeah, he's got something. He? He, he played looked, what five, six games. Maybe? Yeah, he
0: would have played about four or five games yeah. for sure. Um, he's got a nice little foot pass, solid defender. Yeah. I think. I watched um, by the end
1: of the year, I was like, then when they made that little bit of a run, I was like, okay, yeah. this kid's nice. I think. Um, In a good system.
0: I wonder what the the conversations were. He looked like he looks like an an out and out left center. Yeah. Um, so then you know whether you move Val over to the right or, or Valea gets first crack, but Val can play anywhere, man. Yeah, for sure. Um for the for the uh Bati, I think Tui needs some help in the forwards. Tui come etha. Um feel like he just does everything for him. And a uh, player that I want to highlight of I watched him play against uh yeah, it was Kummels last year actually. Tane Milne. Yeah. I think Tane Milne should make a full transition Fucking to the, to the middles
1: now. Yeah. Be on get in the back row.
0: Yeah. He had he had eighteen carries for one hundred and thirty meters, fifty post contact, but he also had six misses mm. for for a middle. So that's just that's he play, it. was he playing lock or was it, he's was playing it? lock, yeah. So Probably
1: just a little bit of like you just need to get an engine, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's gonna it'll take me got falling off a few little tackles. Yeah, you know? it wasn't yeah. like if he's missing proper reads, closing in from the three man and letting these like line breaks around him. It wasn't it was just tacky around like not tacky, just deta- not detailed. Yeah, right.
0: I think I think he could really carve out. Uh, Who's a little nuggety lock that, that like? He'd almost like a guy that played at um And see, I know he played front row, but like, Harme Selle, when, yeah, when yeah. Harme Selle gets through a shitload of work, you play back row, won. you reckon? You he, could probably, he could probably play edge back row. Well, he's fucking fast and strong. With Jack White coming there next year, mm. if Jack White plays left center and then they have to move Tass,
1: it'd be interesting, man.
0: I think there's a. They need, to, they need to find a solution for that left edge back row at, at South too. So, um, they just re-signed Arrow as well. Yeah, Jai Arrow. So, pro- it'll probably be dry Arrow or Cam Murray, but we'll see what happens. Um, as for the palms, they defeated the Turcos 26-4 and clean sweeped them. 3-0 series. Mm. Um, I want to give another massive shout-out. I've talked about him a few times before. Um, just to see my mate Tommy Johnston playing so well on the wing for the, for the Poms. Uh, he came off horrific. Uh, um, in 2018 and 19 when I was playing for Wakefield, he was a player of so much promise and, yeah, and had all mate. these NRL clubs were looking for him and then he did his ACL and twice in, in the span of about 24 Man. months. Um, he's playing at the Catalan Dragons, went to the grand final, and now he's playing for England. Two hundred meters, he's he's like another. He's, like he's another Dom Young. He yeah. could come over here and have a Dom Young like uh, impact for sure. But how old is he? He'd be like twenty seven now, 26, mm. 27, So he might have just missed his um missed his run, but he's still he's still killing it at, at um at Catalan Dragons. Uh, Bateman. He was unreal. He's at his niggly best again. Whitehead. And also a massive congrats to, to Elliot Whitehead, um, who retired from international footy. As for the Turcos, <laughs> changing to the guard for the boys. Connie, that'll, I think Connie, that's Connie, Conrad Harrell's last game. Um, it was Lola like, hair As well with Hopper and Lola hair. Yeah. I think those boys are getting to the end of their run for Tonga and they've been great servants for Tonga, yeah. particularly during that period when, you know, they, they would have, been renowned as top tier players like Connie, probably would have made the Kiwis throughout that time during that period when he made the switch to 2017. To yeah, Hopper was in and around the Australian team during mm. that period as well. So he made a decision, New South Wales. And uh, Lolle, Lolle, he has been he's sort of been the linchpin for that, for that Tongan team for a long time, especially in the halves, too. In like like he play anytime, yep. anywhere. Yeah, but um, if they're um, I right, if, if Tonga is a genuine threat and they what they need to do is someone at Tongan Rugby League needs to set up a pathway system mm-hmm. and they really need to develop the players like Isaiah Katoa and Latu Finu, and like they needed to be developed outside of NRL. Yeah. And what I mean by that is like they need to have some sort of um, development camps like New South Wales and Australia do where they get together and they mm-hmm. – and, and they developed especially the younger Tonga players because there's so much talent coming. It's hard because those
1: kids are in those pathways already, yeah. in the New South Wales pathways. Yeah. Most the good young um, Tongan kids, Samoan kids, all that, all like yeah. that. I'm not sure if they can do an internationals pathway or Pacific pathways. I well, know. I think can it's, it's got to be specific,
0: like to yeah. Tonga and Samoa if they want to develop these young playmakers to not only choose playing for Tonga and choose playing for Samoa over New South Wales but making sure that they're – Learning how to be game managers because you know what it's like, mates. When you you grow up, like you're an, an elite player, but you just grew up fucking running over everyone, yeah. probably, and and you're bigger than everyone yeah. and stronger than everyone. Same as some of these kids, like. I didn't watch these guys growing up, but I played out in Western Sydney, and our best players was guys, were the Islander boys that were just bigger and stronger. Yeah. And some of them, because of that, just never really developed their passing game, no. specifically through the halves. So that's why what Penrith have done over the last five years has been great, because a lot of these players now are coming out, like your Stephen Crichtons, your Jerome Lawes, and they're not relying on strength and brutality the skill to win set's the. High. Their skill set is high, mm. so I think there needs to be something like that done for some of these Tongan and some old some old players for sure. Yep. Yeah. All right, here it is, my proposal for international footy. Here's here's a way I think we increase the popularity because outside of – at the end of the year, I think everyone's just a bit bit worn down. So you need to have – my proposal would be to play a World Cup and an International Cup every second year. So at the end of the year – the players also get to enjoy themselves and have a break Mm. some years, right? Because the load that they've got through, specifically the Australian team, through doing origin and then doing international at the end of the year, they just can't keep it up year to year. I think you'll see player burnout from our elite players. So what you do is a World Cup in 2022, have a break in 2023 at the end of the season, no footy, 2024 International Cup. So then that way we've got, you actually look forward to international footy. Like yeah. when, I think when sometimes when it's year to year, there's, it gets forced on you. It gets forced and it loses its appeal. But when you have a break from it, it might be more enticing for the fans to go, oh, it's back on this year. And then the way you do the International Cup is you split it into two tiers, like a four nations, four teams. So each team's, each tier is determined by the previous World Cup rankings. So if we were to base it off last World Cup, you'd have Australia, Samoa, New Zealand and England in tier one. In tier two, you'd have Tonga, Fiji, PNG, and Lebanon, right? Every team only plays each other once. There's no finals. It'd be like a Premier League system, right? Yeah. But the way you do it is to make it like there would be a finals is, you know, for instance, um, you play the top two tier teams ranked uh, one and two, you play them last. So, because of the World Cup, sort of threw it out a little bit, Samoa making the World Cup. But yeah. realistically, you think if the rankings were um, true, mm-hmm. it would be uh, New Zealand won uh, based off uh, this Pacific cup, Australia two, Samoa three, and England four. Yeah, right. So you play, you'd make sure that one and two play each other at the end of the year, mm. at the end of the series. And that could almost be like a final without having a dead rubber like last week was, to go into the final. Um, and it, it, and during the year, I really think they have to look at a mid-season break when mm. Origin's on. And then during that, that's when you can build the rivalry because rivalry is important for any series like they have at Origin. So play Origin, have five weeks off, one week off at the before you start, three weeks for Origin. And why Origin's been played, you play the two teams that are Tier 1 that can't play in Origin, which is New Zealand and England, so you start the international
1: cup in during that rep round. No, I no, mean, this is
0: this is like this is where you get your your taste of international footy every single year. So you play New Zealand versus England. Why Origins on because they're Tier One. Yeah, so New Zealand like you get someone playing. Like yeah, New Zealand. Zealand, New Zealand and England can't play in Origin anyway. Mm. So you put them two against each other. The one that makes the most sense is Tonga versus Samoa during that period 100%. as well. That way you get genuine decisions of whether um you know players want yeah. to represent Tonga or Samoa, and you've got a um, um, clarify that at the start of the year as well, and then you can do the the PNG versus Fiji, Lebanon versus France. All those series can be home and away series. So one year it's all three games in New Zealand for yeah. England, and then the next year it's all three games in England, um, and vice versa for Tonga and Samoa. Yeah, man. I think that's a way you can uh, just because it, need, very... it needs it needs a little bit of work. Yeah. Because at the moment, like. There's a lot of pride in, in representing your, your, your jersey, like if you're representing mm. your New Zealand or Australia. But it's
1: perfect that rep round, but the five yeah. weeks off with everyone, and five you just weeks make off season, you play for England, all those other teams or New South Wales, just to keep the international game alive, keep it alive like the whole time,
0: and keep the teams as per because then that's how you build the rivalry. Busy, yes. Um, I think that'd be, and you could almost go Origin Wednesday. New Zealand versus England on Friday, yep. or the women's Origin on Thursday night. New Zealand versus England on Friday mm. night. Tonga versus Samoa on Saturday night. PNG this versus Fiji on, 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 on five Sunday weeks. night. So you've got all the broadcasters are happy because yeah, you've got made. consistent footy for those five nights. And, and even and have all the, the
1: junior, even under, the under twenties play. Yep. Everyone gets represented. So even even though we're saying have five weeks off, yeah, you ain't going to get much of a week. You're not yeah. going to get that much of a rest if you're in the if you really want to be a part of it. You're know, in New South Wales. you're in... One of the islander sides. yeah. New Zealand or England.
0: Yep. If you're not, just rest up. Train. (laughs) Just rest (laughs) up and just do a heap of fitness. It's a little mini um, uh, in-season, pre-season for the boys. Yeah, have a a week off for the boys at the start of the week. Come back and train hard for three weeks. Some of those guys. And another little one, actually, that I forgot to throw to you. It could be the perfect little uh, five-week period for a genuine transfer fee. So transfer portal. So... Um, during that period, if there are some changes to be made, if there are some players that aren't a part of the top 30 or just on the tier of the top 30, aren't getting consistent footy, they obviously probably wouldn't be playing rep footy. You
1: get a good gauge on, the, on, the, on so, the year. So
0: you could you could do a little player swap transfer window.
1: Yeah. Can think – imagine just coming up with an idea like that and going, give it to the NRL. And they yeah. go, like it's a genuine idea. Like yeah. look, <laughs> look at it. Do they not – have these think bubbles and shit. Well, the there. hardest part – If you go through this sort of stuff, I'm like – I'm looking at that going, that's a, you could actually do that. Makes if a you bit of sense. It. Makes sense, right? Yeah. I'm like, does that even – do they care that much? Mm. We'll see. Do they care about player burnout or do they just care about the product? If they cared about
0: player burnout, they'd really take this on board and make sure that there's quality put into the international game and not just quantity at the end of the year to but tick see, that see, box. That's
1: what fucks it up. So you have five weeks off, how many weeks do you play onwards? See? That's what they care about yeah. because they want 27 games to pay for all these fucking – Yeah, so you
0: – yeah, Still have 27 games? So, no, you'd have to take a couple of games yeah, off. That's I think. where
1: that's where it gets there. You.
0: But you would still got an extra – it'd still make up the, the five weeks of I agree, I agree, but I'm saying they just you go hell-bent
1: on we got to play 27 games because yeah. of the broadcasting deals. Yeah. It would easily. Yeah. That yeah. idea is way better yeah. – yeah. The idea there is way better than the structure they've got now. Imagine yeah. if you said that to some of the elite players and you played 22 games.
0: Yeah.
1: There'd be more that would be, be wanted
0: to get involved in the mid-part of the you season. You would be wanting to play. Rather than I mean, staying at training and doing a pr- yes, another pre-season man. by training your off. Yeah, mate, you I'm know? telling you. All right, well, that's my proposal. That's OG, right. like thanks it. for the year. Thank you, mate. Lukey, thanks for the year. Thanks to everyone for, Thank guys. for listening to us. We'll have a little break. We'll see you in the new year. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year, all of that. Nice and early. See you next year.